just like December. You know, we know that this is really not his birth month. We know December 25th is not even his real birthday. It's the day we've decided to celebrate, amen? I hope you knew that. <laughs> um, and, and a lot of the stuff that we've been taught about the Christmas story is really not even accurate at all. Um, but because of the way the story was written down, we have these things in mind. Um, the wise men and the shepherds were not at the birth of Jesus at the same time. Uh, and we're going to look at this and why. Um, see, history tells us that when these men came to Jesus, it was somewhere between a year and 18 months after Jesus was born. And, and, and so as they were, were, were coming to Jesus, uh, I want to just talk for just a few minutes about who these men were before I get into the main point of this. Go, if you will, to Matthew chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 1 and 2, and then verses 9, 10, and 11. Verses 1 and 2, Jesus was born in Bethlehem near Jerusalem during the reign of King Herod. After Jesus' birth, a group of spiritual priests from the east came to Jerusalem. Well, King James says wise men. That word wise men is actually magos, or where we get magi. So, you know, one of the things that, I'll get into it in a minute. And inquired of the people, where is the child who is born king of the Jewish people? Who we observed his star rising in the sky, and we've come to bow down to him and before him in worship. Verse, jump down to verse nine. Jump down to verse nine. And so they left on their way to Bethlehem, and suddenly the same star they seen in the east reappeared. Amazed as they watched, as it went ahead of them, they stopped directly over the place where the child was, and when they saw the star, they were so ecstatic that they shouted and celebrated with unrestrained joy. Mm. And when they came into the house and, and saw the young child with Mary, his mother, they were overcome. Falling to the ground at his feet, they worshiped him. They opened their treasure boxes full of gifts and presented him with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, just some things about the wise men. When they came, there's some things that I want you to understand. First of all, the Bible never says there were three wise men. You knew that, right? You know, we, we say, well, why do we, why we say that the three wise men? Because the only, goal, the only gifts that were presented were three gifts that were mentioned. Not that they only presented three gifts, but they only mentioned gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And so we think, so we've got this idea, these little men, and they got their little boxes and they're looking down at the, in the manger, and, 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 and that's just one of the false narratives of, of, of the story we've been told. You know, there wasn't just three wise men. And uh, when this, the series is called The Gift, if you just want to go on to that one. Um, and so the Bible doesn't tell us how many priests they were. And I want you to know something. The word wise men actually comes from the word magos, which means magi, magi, which actually means, if you study that out, these men were actually leaders in another religion. 
that word actually is another word where we get the word magic from. They were astrologers, star watchers, parts of another religion who had gotten a hold of the Jewish scriptures and understood the Jewish scriptures so well that on the night of Jesus' birth, they saw his star. Now, the only people who could hold these positions were kingly people, were men of notoriety, were men of very great wealth. You say, well, why are you telling us all this? Because I want you to understand what really happened when the wise men came. There wasn't just three men. It was a whole group of kingly scholarly priests who had multitudes and multitudes of money and they saw a star that came and saw that it fulfilled a prophecy out of a Jewish book and so they took off that night. Well, how long did they, did they take to get there? Doesn't say. It just says that they're from the east. But how many of you know kings never travel alone? See, you've got to understand what happened in Jerusalem. They saw the star, that star disappeared. They traveled all that way in the direction they first saw that star. See, we've got this idea that that star shined and they just looked at that star and they traveled looking at it. No, that star disappeared. Well, how do you know it disappeared? Don't you think Herod would have known? Don't you think the, the Jewish leaders would have known where Jesus was at? So they traveled by faith in the direction of where they saw the star. And the first building, the first town they came to was Jerusalem. And if you read Matthew 12, it says when they arrived, Herod and all of Jerusalem was terrified at their presence. See, I want you to understand what happened the night that the wise men came to Jesus, Jerusalem thought it was being invaded. Why else would three men terrify a whole town? There were so many people that came, Jerusalem thought it was being invaded. And Herod said, go get, the, go get the, the leaders, bring them to me. And he asked what's going on. They said, we're here to see the king. When an army shows up to see the king, it terrifies the one who's already in charge. And he said, well, when did you see this star? Herod's like, I missed it. And so they begin to tell him, and they said, well, go to Bethlehem, a few miles away. And see, this is right when Herod had already decreed that all the kids two and under would be dead, should be killed. So these wise men, they take off, and, and like we saw in the scripture there, their star, well, let's go ahead and go there. Go to verse 11, Bobby, again. The star, as they started toward Bethlehem, I, do you notice what they said to Herod? They said, we have seen his star, not the star of Bethlehem. They saw his, they were recognizing that even the heavens had declared the announcement of this king. Amen. That even the heaven, they called it his star. This stuff's important, folks. And verse 11 says, and when they came into the house, so now we know Jesus was not in the manger. He was in a house. So when they came to the house and saw the young child, he's not a baby anymore. 
and saw the young child with Mary, his mother, they were overcome. Oh, now imagine you're, sta- you're Mary and Joseph and you're sitting at the house and you've got the TV on, you're watching whatever they watched. And all of a sudden, a whole army of people show up in your front porch. They knock on the door and you open up. It was enough people to make Jerusalem terrified. <laughs> so a whole different picture now. And it says, and when they saw, when they came into the house and they saw the young child with his mother there, they were overwhelmed. And what did they do? They fell at the falling to the ground at his feet. They worshiped him and they opened their treasure. But let me tell you, these guys came prepared. They knew they were coming to see a king like no other. And they came to worship him like a king, like no other. I want to tell you, these men saw parts of Jesus that we don't get. And I'm going to show you why now. It says, they opened their treasure boxes full and presented him with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They brought gifts because they recognized they were in the presence of a gift. And so what I'm gonna do over the next three weeks, hopefully, is begin to look at why, what they understood by bringing three specific things. Now we don't know that that's all they brought, but we know they brought these things. And so the first one I wanna look at today is frankincense. Why would they bring frankincense? Well, what was frankincense? Well, frankincense, it's a type of incense. It was too costly to be used as just a regular home air freshener. Frankincense was one of the most expensive incenses that was reserved for the priests in sacred ceremonial worship. It was reserved just for the priest to, 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 to function in, in, in sacred ceremonial worship. So what they were saying, when the wise men came and they offered frankincense, they were recognizing the priesthood, not just the king, they already recognized him as king, but they were all looking at the priesthood of Christ. How this was the priest of all priests. And they wanted to make sure that with frankincense that he could perform his priestly duties. See, what does a priest do? There's all kinds, when we say the word priest, most of us think black suit, little collar, the little white thing, I want one of those. And that's what we think, but what do we do if you look at the tradition of those who still have priests, a priest is a person whose appropriate business is to offer sacrifices and perform other sacred rites of religion. And their job was to stand between heaven and earth on behalf of another. When we think about priests today, the first thing that comes to the mind is a confessional booth. We, we think you go into the confession booth and you, and you make all your confessions. I wasn't Catholic, Denise, you was, you can, you can uh, why? Because that is supposed to be the mediator. 
That's the person who we go for. You see what these wise men, studiers of a different religion understood when they came before God, they understood that this baby that they were seeing was going to be the one, the only one who would stand between heaven and earth and bring the two together in perfect harmony, in perfect love. He was going to be the one who would absolve sins. He would be the one who would erase sin and eradicate it from the nature of mankind. They understood. And so they offered him incense so that he could do his priestly duty. Hebrews chapter five, verse one. Folks, you all know that Jesus is our priest. He is the high, we don't need another. Who glory. Hebrews chapter five, verse one from Philip's translation. If you've never read J.B. Phillips, get one. He said, note that a man is chosen as a high priest. When a man is chosen as a high priest, he is appointed on man's behalf. See, the wise men understood when they brought frankincense to Jesus, they knew that he had been appointed as a priest on the behalf of all men. Man wasn't going to need another priest. They were going to receive the priest that is above all priests. He is chosen from men on behalf of men. Oh, glory. As, as high priest, he is appointed on man's behalf as their representative in the things of God. See, this is what Jesus' job was. Even from the foundation of the world is he entered into man's reality to do the work of a man priest to do the work between God and man himself so that mankind wouldn't mess it up, but that God kind, uh, this God man stepped into human reality so that he could perform the duty of a priest and the wise men saw this happening the night Jesus was born. And it took him two years, almost two years to make the journey to find the priest who was going to stand before heaven and earth on behalf of mankind. He says, he goes on to say, he offers gifts to God and makes the necessary sacrifices for sins on behalf of his fellow men. That's what a priest does. He makes the necessary sacrifice. What was the necessary sacrifice? See, the, high, the, the, the wise men that came, they understood this. They understood that a priest was going to come and he had to offer a sacrifice. Jesus offered himself to us as the greatest sacrifice we could ever think of. He offered himself at the hand. It, <clears throat> Folks, it wasn't, oh, I won't get myself in trouble. It wasn't, and it never has been about sinners in the hands of an angry God. It was God in the hands of angry sinners. And we killed him. We thought that justice still needed to be paid when God said he settled it from the foundation of the world. So the high priest man was born Wise men came to celebrate him, to offer him frankincense, to be the high priest of all men. And the Hebrews tells us there that priests are chosen on behalf of men in their relationship to God to offer the necessary, what was the necessary sacrifice? We said somebody had to pay. 
So Jesus offered himself to man to pay for the sins of man who stood before heaven and earth as the intermediary. See, that's what a priest does. He offers sacrifices, and even if it's of himself. 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy, yeah, chapter 2. Uh, listen, I am going to give you stuff today that should take years to study out. It really should. You're going to get it as quickly as I can give it to you today. Just hang on, that's all I can say. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, out of the message, it says, There is one God and only one, and one priest mediator. There's only one priest. Oh, mercy. There is one mediator between God and us, Jesus, who offered himself in exchange for everyone held captive by sin. Jesus came, the one mediator, the one priest. He said, I will make the necessary sacrifice for all of humanity to be included in this great salvation. And the awesome thing about this is the wise men understood it. That's why they brought frankincense. It wasn't just by some weird coincidence. They understood what frankincense was used for. It says, Jesus, who offered himself in exchange for everyone, held captive in sin. I like the, what's the last part of that say? To set them all free. And that is just what he did as a priest. See, frankincense was offered to the priest to perform the duties of a priest, to make the necessary sacrifices on behalf of all men. Folks, it is so beautiful what actually happened that night at that house in Bethlehem when an army of kings, priests, and, 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 and with, with, multi, with buckets and buckets and buckets of gifts, showed up to worship a priest. Oh my goodness, it excites me thinking about it. What's a mediator do? A mediator is brought in when two people are, are, are at an argument. When two people are at a standstill and they can't decide the right action to take, then a mediator comes in and he works the deal out. You see, that's what happened with man and with sin. But man, man, if we could just realize that this was taken care of from the foundation of the world, but man didn't. So God sent his son to say, there is now no separation, but somebody has to pay. I'll be that sacrifice. I will mediate the relationship between you and God. And when this relationship has been mediated, when this relationship has been fulfilled by the priest, there is no one that can undo what the priest has done. Oh my. <laughs> so a mediator's brought in. That's why Jesus is called the mediator. He's brought in to settle the, the differences between two sides. Go to Hebrews chapter nine. We're going to shotgun and go. Again, this would take years to teach in its fullness. Let me tell you something. You really want to understand Jesus as priest? Just live in Hebrews for about a year. Blow your mind. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11. And again, I'm reading out the message. But when the Messiah arrived, high priest of the superior things of the new covenant... 
When, when, see, the night Jesus was born, he immediately became the high priest of a new covenant that God was making between God and man. He immediately became, even as the baby, and this is what the, the, what the wise men understood when they offered him frankincense, they understood this is now the mediator between God and man. Let's go and worship him. And he bypassed the old tent and its trappings and created this, in, in this created world, straight into heaven's tent, the true holy place, once and for all. Remember when, Mary, when Jesus appeared in the garden and Mary went to go to him, he said, oh no, don't touch me yet. For I'm not yet ascended. You see, there was a job he still had to do. He actually took his blood into heaven, into that holy place. That, that, that the temple here was just a, a mock, uh, not a mockery, but a mock-up of. And he went in and forever Shep put his blood on the mercy seat where two angels do nothing but constantly look. You ever, seen, you ever seen the Ark of the Covenant? It's got the two big angels on the top of it. Their wings touch at the top, but their eyes are always looking down on what's called the mercy seat. Their eyes never lose sight of the mercy seat. The place where the sacrifice was supposed to go. The place where the blood was supposed to See, what Jesus did is he went one time, once and for all, and said, this will never have to be done again in the history of eternity or the, the future of eternity. He went one time, he offered his blood on that mercy seat, and now there are angels that do never take their eyes off of that. That's your priest. And he went, oh, let's get back to here. He, he also bypassed the sacrifices consisting of goat and calf blood. Instead, using his own blood as the price, he set us free, how long? Once and for all. He set us free, not we have to continue to do it over and over again. He said, this is it. I am going to be that priest who offers the necessary sacrifice. Even when he returned into heaven, he continued his priestly duty. The Bible says that he sits in heaven and makes intercession for us. He's continuing to act out as our priest. The wise men understood this. Using his own blood, he set the price of once and for all that if animal blood, or if, animal, if that animal blood and the other rituals of purification were effective in cleansing up certain matters of our religion and behaviors, think how much more the blood of Christ cleans up our whole life inside and out. And now, right now, today, years ago, those wise men stood in a house in Bethlehem, and they said, here, priest, is incense to perform your duties. And then there was a time after the crucifixion where he entered heaven, and he made the necessary sacrifice. He offered the, what was the offering sacrifice? It was when he took his own blood, poured it out on the mercy seat. And right now, there are angels that are posed on top of that mercy seat who never take their eyes off that blood. And they always remember the priest paid the sacrifice. He completed the sacrifice for all of humanity. And now all of humanity is included.
Oh, folks, I don't know what this does for you. I may preach these three messages just for me, but oh, I'm going to have fun with them. (laughs) Through the Spirit, Christ offered himself as an unblemished sacrifice, freeing us from all the dead-end efforts to make ourselves respectable. He said, look, you don't even have to make yourself respectable. I'm going to do it. This is what a mediator does. This is why he stood before between heaven and earth. So that we could live, I love this, we could live all out for God. So what happened that night when they offered him frankincense? It was more than just to smell good. It was more than just a little dab of perfume. They offered him enough frankincense to perform a priestly duty. Now what probably happened with it, it probably got sold so uh, Mary and Joseph could check on out to Egypt when they found out Herod was killing all the babies two years and under. But it was the symbolism that they were brought. Here is enough to stand between heaven and earth on behalf of mankind. Here is enough to perform your duty. Go to Galatians chapter four. I'm trying. See, the purpose of the priest was to repair the relationship between God and man. In the old covenant, they would stand between God and man and they, 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 the, the priest would sprinkle a little bit of blood on your head. He'd cover you, a little smear, and that took care of your outer sins for a year and you didn't have to go back and do it again. But what Jesus did, said, you'll never have to do it again because I'm gonna do it once and for all. In Galatians chapter four, verse four, I'm reading from the message again. He says, but when the time arrived that was set by God the Father, God sent his son born of a woman. Even Jesus' birth was on time. Mm. It was God's timing. Born under the conditions of the law so that he might redeem those who have been kidnapped by the law. Thus, we have been set free to experience our rightful heritage. You can tell for sure that you are now, what's that say? Fully adopted. I love how the message puts that. Now we are fully adopted. Why are we fully adopted? Because the priest certified our acceptance into the the family of God. And his own children, because God sent his son into our lives, crying out, Papa, Father. See, the whole birth of Jesus was about that point. It was so that the spirit can be shed abroad in your heart and you can cry out, Abba, Father. And the priest certified it, (laughs) put the stamp on it and made it right. And see, these are the things the wise men understood. This is what they understood when they brought myrrh. And we'll look at what myrrh was actually used for. And these are the things when they brought gold. Go, if you will, to Romans chapter five. This is the last scripture I wanna read you today. Cause like I said, I could have preached this for two or three hours. But then you'd call me weird and Pierce would get bored. And <laughs> you should never look at me when I'm talking. You know, I'm gonna get you. This is, this is why, I, I just want us to understand why frankincense was brought. 
It's not Frankenstein. It's frankincense. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. And again, I'm reading out the message. But God put his love on the line for us by offering his son as a sacrificial death while we were of no use to him whatsoever. Well, when did this happen from the foundation of the world? Played out in whatever time Jesus was born for us to see. Now, here's the thing I want you to know. Jesus, y'all do not realize, right? Jesus is God. He's not under the Father. He is parallel. It takes, I'm not even going to go into all this, but talking about the triune God. So when it says that God offered his son, it was Jesus actually offering himself. God offered himself as a sacrifice. When we were of no use whatsoever to him, verse 9. I love, I I always, this is my favorite translation of that verse. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I love the message. While we were of no use to him whatsoever. Verse 9 says, now that we are set right with God. Everybody say now. We are set right with God. Not trying to be, not going to be, not hoping to be. The priest made sure of it. The priest made sure of it. The sacrifice was good. You should say that to yourself every day. The sacrifice was good enough. The sacrifice was good enough. Whether you believe that sacrifice was good enough or not, all of heaven knows that sacrifice was good enough and it still sits on the mercy seat and the angels still see it and they know, all of heaven knows the sacrifice was good enough. I don't have to add to it. Well, going on. Now that we are set right with God by means of this sacrificial death, the consummate blood of Jesus, there is no longer any questions about being at odds with God in any way. Ooh, if that don't make you shout, you ain't looking for a reason. There is no longer any any doubt about being at odds with God in any way. If when we were at our worst, we were put on friendly terms with God by the sacrificial death of his son, this is the priest's job. Now, we're at, now that we are at our best, just think of how our lives will expand and deepen by means of his resurrection life. This is the priest, folks. This is the real gift. It was more than them, them bringing gifts. They understood they received a gift. They received the ultimate priest. They had, a, they had a knowledge. And they traveled by faith. And then as they started toward Bethlehem, the star just came back. There it is again. And they followed it right to his house. And they bowed down and said, this is the priest. They understood what John the Baptist said when Jesus appeared on the banks of a river and John turned around and said, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. They had the same revelation. They knew the priest was there. Now that we have actually received this amazing friendship with God, we are no longer content 
to simply say it in a plodding prose, we sing and shout our praises to God through Jesus the Messiah. This is what our job is now. Christmas is all about salvation. Christmas is all about, I don't care what you think, it's about the present, no, that's what we've made it. But it was really about, who's having trouble with their hip? <laughs> okay, cause I, you, I don't know if you saw me, put your hand on his hip, is, which one is it? Both? Father, I just, I, <laughs> the priest has already paid the price. The blood has already been applied. And I thank you, Father, right now that whatever's going on in his hips, just remove yourself. You're an invasion into the body of Christ. You're an invasion into the very salvation of God. He is already made completely whole and healed, and this is a lie. And I declare health, and I declare healing over his hips. Yours too? Over her hips right now, his hips right now. In Jesus' name, I declare these things. Hallelujah. The priest, what about your thigh? And this may still be attached to that. I'm still feeling something in the back of a thigh, almost like a muscle. Hmm. Thought you was raising your hand. It may, it may be, t are you hurting in the back, in your thigh sometimes in the back? Okay, you, yours. It's a little bit lower than that. Okay, well, Father, right now that too. Just take care of that thing too. Priest, you've already paid the price. You've already done it. We declare health and we declare healing right now in Jesus' name. Amen. I just can't get past this thing. If you're having a leg problem, anybody else? I just keep feeling this thing in my leg, so. And it may, like I said, it could be just left over from Sandy, Alice, okay. Y'all stretch your hands towards, I'll finish this verse in a minute. Stretch, stretch your hands towards Sandy and Alice. If you want to go back and lay hands on them, ask them first, please. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you for healing in their legs. I thank you for healing in their, Father, what you did in, in, in Wade's arm, you're going to do in their legs right now in Jesus' name. You're going to do in their hips right now in Jesus' name. That same healing that happened in Wade, it happened in these bodies right now. Sandy, Alice, bodies, be healed. Kevin, body, be healed. Sheila, body, be healed. Oh my goodness, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, we release healing all over this place right now. Amen. Father, we release healing. You are the priest. You have paid the price. You have offered the sacrifice. Doesn't need to be done again. And I thank you that it's not only for our spiritual healing, but you paid the price for our physical healing and bodies we declare you healed now all over this room in Jesus' name. Whew, glory. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. Now that we have actually received this amazing friendship with God, we are no longer content to simply say a plodding prose. We sing and we shout. 
our praises to God through Jesus, the Messiah, the great high priest of our lives. I don't need another priest. I've got the best. Amen. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for what you did here. I thank you that you are glorious and grand, and I thank you for healed bodies all over this room in Jesus' name. Father, we look forward to what you got for us. So we just release everything to you right now in Jesus' name. Amen.